Welcome to the Satellite Podcast. I'm your host, David Thay. So, uh, yeah, this this podcast can be about prayer, and you're probably kind of rolling your eyes at that because I think that anytime we hear someone say they're going to talk about prayer, if you're like me, your thoughts kind of go to, well, I'm going to feel terrible at the end of this. <laughs> and uh, the kind of genesis of this podcast is that the last few weeks at church, there's been a sermon series called Before All Things with a focus on prayer, and it's provided some really good insight into the psychology of prayer and why we pray, how we should pray, why we don't pray, things like that. And so I took some of those thoughts from the first couple of sermons and actually ended up sharing them with the FCA at the high school, which, as you can tell, a lot of these podcasts are uh, generated from things that I share with the students at the high school. Um, But I had this thought, and it's a question that I started off the last session with the high schoolers by asking them. And I wrote down these three terms or these three sentences. And I said, which one of these best describes your prayer life? Number one, I pray regularly because I know I need the presence of God's spirit in my life. Two, when I pray, it's because I know it's something I'm supposed to do. And I may even feel bad or guilty if I don't. Or three, I pray when difficult situations or urgent needs arise. And... A lot of the students said that they kind of leaned towards two. Uh, That's definitely kind of what I lean towards, just the kind of feeling that prayer is a box that I have to check and that if I have not been praying, I'm not necessarily worthy of approaching God um, in worship or in my devotional life. Uh, And a few of them lean towards three. And I think we all kind of acknowledge that one should be the reason, but truthfully prayer is hard and there's some people that don't feel like they're good at it and last fall in our church Sunday school class we read the book a praying life by Paul Miller which is actually a book on prayer that I'd recommend and those of you that know me personally know that I don't do a lot of reading that's not fiction (laughs) um and so uh I especially don't do a lot of reading of spirituality stuff but this is actually a really good book it's very practical it's very insightful and it's a book that's a lot of people have actually referenced it funny enough in the recent months talking about prayer, but this quote from Paul Miller really sums up the way many of us feel about prayer. It's so insightful. And he says this, when we slow down to pray, we are immediately confronted with how unspiritual we are and how difficult it is to concentrate on God. (laughs) Boy, isn't that the truth? Um, And so this led me to talking to the students and asking them some very, very practical questions. And these are questions that I've asked myself also. First of all, do you view prayer as necessary? Or is it just something that you're supposed to do? Like, do you pray because you really feel like it is vital to your spiritual walk, vital to your uh, spiritual health? Or do you pray because you know that it should feel that way, and so you do it, even though you don't necessarily feel like it actually is that vital? And then I asked them the second question, which was, um, do you believe that God actually answers prayer? Of course, if you ask anybody that, they'll say yes. And so then my follow-up question was, when is the last time you prayed for something specific that you saw God answer? Um, Two examples in my life recently, because I had to think about this. Like, what is the answer for me? And there's a lot of small examples, but two significant ones is that um, one of my family members is just uh, kind of in a middling stage of their walk with God. Like I I think they believe, I would say they're a believer, but 
I wouldn't even say they're backslidden. They're just a very neutral, lukewarm believer. Um, they would say they're a believer, but there's not a lot of fruit in. There's not a lot of desire or motivation to grow their walk with God. And so they got really involved with um, a gym in the area. And so I just prayed for some of my family and just said, Lord, I am praying that you would bring someone to that gym that will spur my family member on in their walk with Christ. Three weeks later, he starts going to church with people at his gym, <laughs> which is awesome. And um, I prayed a similar prayer for my father-in-law. Um, those of you that don't know that story, my father-in-law lost his wife in October of 2021 after an 11-year bout with Alzheimer's, uh, contracted at age 50. So really, really difficult struggle. And my prayer after all this time was that the Lord would bring him back to church. And literally within the month, he has started going to church with um, my brother-in-law, going to prayer meetings, praying for people to disciple now. And he is falling back in love with church, falling back in love with in-person worship. Not that he was ever cold to church, but with the condition of his wife, he wasn't really able to go to church and engage in. Those are just two prayers that God like clearly specifically answered my life recently. And when you see God answer prayer like that, it really leads to the question for me of like, why don't I pray for God to do these kind of things more often? That's always what I end up thinking. And taking a step back, what I realize is that a lot of times my prayerlessness either comes out of just sheer busyness where I don't stop to take time to talk to God and to listen to God because prayer is as much about hearing from God as it is speaking to God. And then the realization that prayerlessness is really evidence of our self-sufficiency. Going back to what I said earlier, if you truly believe that prayer is essential to experiencing God, you would do it if that's truly your desire. And I had this realization that when I don't pray, I'm essentially living as if I don't need God, even though that's not something I would ever say. And by that, I don't mean that we need God to physically live. He has blessed us with the ability to do that apart from him because he allows us to live according to the natural laws he's put in place in this world. But what I do mean is this, apart from God, I lack the ability to live abundantly. I'll say that again. Apart from God, I lack the ability to live abundantly. And prayer is one of our primary tools for connecting to God. And the preacher in his sermon series said something in that first sermon that just really struck a chord with me. And he said this, prayer can't be mastered. And I wrote that down. I was like, prayer can't be mastered. It's like you don't graduate to some higher level of elite prayer. And I wrote this down and I said this to the students. You don't master prayer. You just do prayer. (laughs) It was never intended to be mastered. The goal is not to become a praying expert. It's to become a praying person. A person that spends intimate time with God. And he said this. He said, learn to pray as you can. Don't try to pray as you can't. And so that's just so counterintuitive for so many of us that grew up being taught the Acts prayer or to pray according to the Lord's Prayer. And I do think that those things are good because they're trying to teach us to pray in a biblical manner. But at some point, if you're like me, that could become another legalism. And you start worrying about 
prayer length, word choice, body posture, prayer structure, the right scripture passages. But those things don't necessarily make your heart more pleasing to God. I'm not saying don't pray scripture. I'm not saying don't pray the Lord's Prayer at all. I'm just saying that God's as much concerned with the posture of your heart as he is the words in your journal page or in your head or coming out of your mouth. Praying according to what's in your heart, not according to what you think God wants to hear, was my big takeaway. And I wanted to give an example from scripture. Psalm 109, verses 6 to 13. And I want you to listen to this. This is, this is David writing about a struggle that he's going through. Appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him be found guilty and may his prayers condemn him. May his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their ruined homes. May a creditor seize all he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. May his descendants be cut off. Their names be blotted out from the next generation. Those are the words of King David from Psalm 109. I don't think that most Christians know it's okay to pray like that. And I really, really doubt many of them know that a prayer like that is actually in Scripture. And this is the kind of prayer I'm talking about. David acknowledges his insufficiency to deal with his anger and his hatred of this person. And instead of trying to sanitize it and hide it from God, he embraces the reality of what he's feeling. He just lays it bare in front of God, raw. And this is the authentic kind of prayer that I think God desires. Just laying our needs before him and laying our desires before him, even if we're not sure what we want him to do with them. And what's interesting is that by laying out this raw, unfiltered emotion, and what happens is by laying all these raw emotions in out in front of God, he is allowing the Holy Spirit to enter his heart, minister to the wounds, and by the end of the passage, he comes back to saying, but God, I trust you. The Spirit leads David back to where he needs to get to. And what's interesting is he doesn't start off by trying to make himself think those thoughts. He doesn't try to talk himself into feeling good about where he's at and what God's doing in his life. He vents and allows the Spirit to bring him back to that place by the end. And I think people need to hear this. It's okay to vent to God your negative emotions about him. And allow his Spirit to bring you back to where you need to be. Prayer wasn't an obligation to David or a ritual. It was the only way he could process and deal with the weight of all that was pressing on him. And I want to get to the point where I have the kind of reliance on prayer and feel that level of insufficiency, which is crazy to say. But I believe that what that does is make God bigger and makes my need for him bigger. And I would challenge you to approach your prayer in the same way. Pray as you can, not as you can. Pray with a raw heart. Don't try to sanitize your life, your struggles, your feelings before God. And see what God does with it. Amen. This has been Dave Bethay for the Satellite Podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for listening.